0: What's up, Dune fans? Welcome back to the Do Not Enter podcast, where today we realize what comes from the spice returns to the spice. I'm your host Humphrey Shu, and joining me are my friends and co-hosts Fillmore John,
1: what's up guys,
0: and Nolan Zhang
1: welcome
2: back everyone
0: welcome back everyone i again don't know what episode this is but it's 40 i think 40 right or 41 i i believe so (laughs) yeah so i mean it's been a crazy amount of episodes by now but we will be going over the first half of chapter 34 so before we get into that um how have y'all's weeks been anything uh, interesting you want to share with us and the listeners
2: it's actually my birthday, and I need to go pick up my free bundle. Let's go! Happy birthday, yeah. my guy! Eighteen,
0: yeah, that's big, honestly. Uh, Wait, Nolan, so yeah, you're legal, you legal now. Hey, hey. Oh, no. yeah, he legally is legal.
1: Get yeah, legally house. able to drive. Yeah, legally <laughs> able to do a lot of things. <laughs> oh, but... actually,
2: yeah, i mind. my driver's license, and you go like get tested this Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, oh are really? you? Are
0: you going to? Have you been practicing? Um, driving? No,
2: I'm gonna be practicing hard. Wait, do <laughs> you have your permit? no my family was just like get it when you're 18 but it's
1: cheaper i was like that's yeah, I, that's fair, oh, yeah that's fair talking about permits i signed up for the course this weekend oh it's oh, yeah. been starting
0: it oh so uh, so when are you getting
1: your license then um so once i finish the permit i'll probably just go take the test hey nice yeah. nice nice six
2: is it, how long is it six months um
1: six, yeah
0: six i think hours oh well oh, six hours oh yeah oh well like you have to hold the permit for a while though
1: maybe i don't oh, remember the. Yeah. no no if you're an adult you can just take it yeah. oh okay that's great so yeah it's i it, could do the different. same yeah. just six hours and then take yeah the and, and then i'm pretty i'm pretty sure you can just take it. cool okay. so don't, quote do that, break. Break. don't quote me on that though don't quote me on yeah well that <laughs> don't that's don't great worry. no matter
0: what yeah cool well exciting 18 um my birthday comes in two weeks so we're all honestly back to back to back you know we'll do a big do
1: not enter celebration <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah we're, we'll all be legal at that point indeed yeah anyways
1: Vegas is the time. So nah, that's 21 no
0: <laughs> nah, but when uh you know you can go on a cruise ship and gamble legally i think at but not yeah, that we're recommending gambling. That thing's yeah, too, not, ad- too, not addictive, too addictive. Too
2: yeah, addictive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bad.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Cool. Yeah. Really exciting. Um, yeah. So let's go into the bulk of the chapter. So uh, Nolan, I'll let you take it away with the epigraph.
2: Okay. So today's epigraph is super short this time. It states, God created Arrakis to train the faithful from the wisdom of Muad'Dib by the princess Era Lamb. Now, I'm going to be honest. This sounds very culty you know kind of like a cult thing that you say because it's exactly what you would hear from a cult leader and then like the people will believe because they're all like some massive copium you know mm-hmm. to me it doesn't really sound quite exactly like paw that we know of because i don't think paw sounds like that mm-hmm. um so i'm genuinely surprised that it is written in the wisdom of Deep but also at the same time i kind of recognize that princess is the author and maybe when she was writing the book she was writing paul not as like the person that he is that we know of but rather like a religious persona because she's like a Benedictine, and maybe she's trying to push some agenda and Mm -hmm. like that is the role that she needs paul to fill for the fremen and like for the world Mm i don't know
0: makes sense yeah it's a really interesting epigraph and probably the shortest one we've seen um just Mm -hmm. really a a short sentence seven words yeah but yeah uh, yeah cool so Thank you for that. Um, let's go into the quote section. So, Fillmore, you have the first quote.
1: Okay, so for my quote this week, I chose, The meeting between ignorance and knowledge, between brutality and culture, it begins in the dignity with which we treat our dead. Mm-hmm.
0: Indeed. Wise words. Yeah, so my quote is, I was a friend of Jamis. Jamis taught me that when you kill, you pay for it. I wish I'd known Jamis better
1: i wonder who said that also them. good words
2: mm-hmm. indeed <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: my quote is i was a friend of jamis she said when a spirit of spirits within him saw the needs of the truth that spirit withdrew and spared my son Ooh.
0: yeah that's a lot of spirits <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah the
1: entire a lot quote section yeah. seems to be about jammus. Uh,
0: after after this chapter paul's gonna need to get some spirits
1: uh. oh yeah. okay <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah Not old enough for it but okay uh
0: yeah well we don't know the a- legal age on arrakis but oh yeah that's true because uh, yeah. they
1: do have spice beer and stuff yeah
0: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true mm-hmm.
1: okay so well i mean i suppose when this, you're huh? the duke you make the rules oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: all right so let's head into the chapter
1: mm-hmm. okay so we start off in the point of view of jessica and we get to listen in on some fremen chants that go okolo, i'm guessing the j is like h, instead h sound of, yeah yeah h sound instead of j and that translates to these are ashes and these are roots and this is a sign for Jamis's funeral and mm-hmm. what an ominous way to start the chapter mm-hmm. yeah it really
2: reminds me of the whole like, lion king circle of life just like the death still serves as nutrients to ensure the flourishing of the living mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the circle like, just kidding no, oh, no, 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 i don't no, believe I mean, in the circle
1: i like, yeah. only believe in the food chain
0: honestly yeah there's yeah. no circles it's all it's all squares
2: okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i also like to note another form of verbal communication going on among the fremen which is like jessica at the very beginning mentioning the distant bird calls of steel guards watchmen i just think it's so cool that just like the fremen have the ability to imitate sounds of the desert but also like understand them and also communicate to the animals like the bat that they have like revealed like was like their scout or something i think that's super cool
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely they you know the fremen really are in tune with the the animal culture and animal life in uh mm-hmm. on arrakis so the the fauna the floor and the fauna
1: yeah i mean they view, view the muadi which is like the desert right as like Kind of a sacred symbol, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Also, like, it's kind of built a
2: little into something that was I might talk about later about like the theme of animal versus human, which we've been seeing as like throughout this entire book. But it's kind of coming back now, now that like they're kind
1: of leaving away their humanity a bit. But
0: yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we get a little bit of insight into Jessica's head about how the heat forces her thoughts onto water, and that the Fremen have trained themselves to be thirsty at given times so it looks like her body still hasn't completely adjusted to the iraqian climate and she still needs to like be able to run on a lower water content because she's still used to the kaladin water yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so i mean yeah i was wondering how they dealt with the, the obvious amount of sweat you would have in a still suit like you're in an exosuit all the time, and if your sweat can't evaporate and can't cool you off, and you just keep getting hotter and hotter, and it's an endless cycle, right? And because you know the the when sweat <laughs> evaporates, it, it carries away your heat, right? So I I don't really understand how that works, but also how would they be able to clean themselves if they can't waste water? So these are questions that we probably shouldn't be asking, <laughs> uh, but you know, a damp rag, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe they kind of just
2: like kind of just continue sipping their water to alleviate some of this discomfort and maybe they could try recreating this whole like water leaving the skin by sucking it back up i don't know like it sounds nasty but a fremen lived this way their entire life so it's a matter of necessity for them uh, it still sounds bad though mm-hmm. but <laughs> besides that i just want to point out just how confident jessica is in her trained adjuster abilities that were like she's like i'm going to soon be able to acquire the moisture sensing awareness for fremen because they're so sensitive to, like, any kind of moisture in the surrounding air. So she's like, I'm so cool. Because well, I've trained so hard for this. I could probably notice it, too. Well, she probably can, man. but, like...
0: Yeah, if anyone can, uh, it's the Bene Adjuster. They have the most, Jessica, you know, sensory yeah. kind of... Yeah, they have the most she's sensory trapped. sense. Yeah, I mean, for, for lack of a better Her term.
2: Her memories contain, like, sensory, which is, like, so cool. Mm-hmm. But, like,
0: yeah. So, I mean... That's yeah, really interesting. Um, sensing the moisture. I mean, we can sense the moisture. We live in Houston.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> Only when like it's super hot though. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not. Right yeah,
0: now. com compared to uh, co- most people's expectations. You know, the winters here can get quite dry. But yeah, yeah I it's... think last year it was
1: like 80 degrees during December. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, was, yeah, it really it depends. Depends it.
0: on the <laughs> depends on the season.
1: <laughs> well, mm-hmm. let's get back into the book. Yeah. And- It looks like jessica is already thinking about marriage for our boy paul oh i mean sorry our man paul and she seems to be against the idea of him having a fremen girl as his wife and i'm assuming she's referring to chani when she refers to fremen girl Uh Mm -hmm. and i find this to be quite ironic because she was a concubine herself and yet she views herself in a higher standing And I think she should be a bit more open minded, but I guess being the wife of a duke is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly like she's being ironic, I think, considering Jessica said she was a concubine herself and, you know, she's against the idea of marriage. But I mean, she also said that she was more than a concubine, right? So I don't know. Mm, I mean, she's still, you know, oddly not open minded against, like, against, you know, marriage to the Fremen. And she doesn't really explain her motives as to why she's against this. Um, especially because you know Chani is essentially imperial right because she's the daughter of Kynes and Kynes was basically yeah, yeah like so if she they
2: had a royal family yeah
0: so she's not really just you know some random lowly fremen so I Any, don't know it's not anybody guys she's yeah, special but it's Let's it's getting... really interesting that Jessica has noticed what we have about Paul and Chani's relationship
2: yeah <laughs> she picks up things fast guys your mother always knows <laughs> uh-huh. but also I think it might just be like the and Jesser way of thinking that's kind of kind of moving in here because i remember a long time ago in the earlier chapters the reverend mother and jessica talk about like preserving humanity or like what they consider human their massive schemes about like royals like bloodlines and stuff and maybe it's just her like thinking that she must preserve whatever humanity is left in the atreides bloodline and like not let it get squandered i'm not sure if that's the right word because like if you use it in that regard and that means the fremen in jessica's eyes aren't seen as like entirely humans like subhuman which seems kind of off but then, like, I've always thought the Benedict's way of viewing other people is a little off, like, whether they're human or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, that's kind of goes kind of back to what the Bene Gesserit, you know, have always been about, which was like, animals and humanity and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think... I, I think the and tend to look down on most people because mm-hmm. they're unable to control their emotions as well as they are. Uh,
0: I think it's natural, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't help but be yeah. condescending, yeah, I feel like. Especially with of... people as powerful as the and mm-hmm.
1: They have some sort mm-hmm. of elitism within them. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, that's why they they always you know, talk about, like, their plan and stuff. And
2: yeah. so, I mean, <laughs> their plan's better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay the Jamis's water is given to Paul because combat water belongs to the winner. But this is pretty disgusting by my standards because it sort of yeah. reminds me of what some Native American tribes did where they would eat their enemies to gain their power. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah,
2: the
1: hearts. Uh, yeah, they'll eat the hearts.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah That's sort of cannibalism.
1: Ah, uh, dude, it yeah. makes my
0: stomach roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, Luckily, I already ate. So.
0: <laughs> oh isn't that, <laughs> isn't that worse? You know, oh, that you'll, you'll want to throw up.
1: Ate a long time ago. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that probably Uh, cleans the cursing zone. Yeah. And I personally would have a hard time drinking water from a dead body, no matter how clean it is. true. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Paul agrees with me in the chapter as well. Yeah. But Jessica, however, has different thoughts about the situation and forces (laughs) Paul to take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's right, though. I mean, if anything, water is kind of the largest differentiator in this right. power scale. So if you have more water, <laughs> it reminds me of history of the world, where it's, you know, whoever has, you know, I have the most food and I build a house and everybody builds houses next to me because I have all the food and they want to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, But it's a, I mean, it's a difficult decision for Paul to take this water, considering what Paul said about not wanting to kill Jamis um but then again there's not really a place for them to be sentimental about him and his water when you know they're trying to survive uh, he that he has to take whatever advantages he can get
2: mhm cuz how i see it is just like jessica gets this feeling that she needs to, like that she should be alert and cautious to the point where she doesn't even know why she felt that way so she's just like wondering why she felt cautious in the first place so In a way, just like her Benedict training coming and alerting her to maybe the political implications of the mess of Paul maybe not wanting to accept Jameis's water. So, like, I know she doesn't see Paul's visions, but, like, even Paul kind of given up on turning to his visions for help in this scenario, like, deciding what path he should take. And in this way, he's kind of just, like, went for his emotional route and just, like, decided that he's not gonna take the water because he's gonna be, like, it's too icky, which is kind of weird, but... I don't know. Pause drawing the line here. It's kind mm-hmm. of sad to see
0: that. Yeah, I mean,
2: can't be drinking some of that cannibalism water here. Yeah, it is
0: cannibalism <laughs> in, a, in a sense, and in, in, in a, a sense, sense. You know, like, yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: blood is
0: like what 80% water. Um, something like that. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's a yeah. large majority water. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in in a sense, it is cannibalism. I can see why he would have inhibition, especially since he knows yeah. that it's water from another human. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah like if he was offered that maybe like it was just like oh that's just like you know his stash of water in a in his home you know but like that's uh-huh. his water like yeah came from him also not going to lie i kind of find jessica a bit more shrewd now that we were seeing her thoughts in this life and death situation especially that one internal thought where she strongly advised leto to accept that large sum of money for supporting a questionable venture which sounds exactly like a bribe you know but (laughs) Mm. she's literally prioritizing maintenance of power over integrity which i guess is like the benedict's job as like a political figure i guess because like Mm -hmm. not exactly religious even though we kind of see them or other people see them as like a religious cult so like it makes sense for them to be kind of opportunistic in these scenarios Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. yeah well i mean they kind of are religious cult because they follow they well. They're supposed to be following the Kuzotsu Harak.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I guess to them, the Kuzotsu Harak is their. I, I don't want to say God, but I guess he kind of is.
0: Mm, um, they, they not, like the, maybe the, the not. A, their purpose, right? like yeah. Their plan, like, yeah. It's, it's some form of Jesus-like figure to save them, even yeah. though he's not Jesus, right? So no. And, well, oh, He's not even the the like an <laughs> archetypal Jesus. He's just some person who has a ton of power and then and uh, yeah. but it's just there's a lot of expectation placed on him too yeah
1: well so i want to read a quote and it goes from water this all life began hmm. and honestly this is a pretty general statement agreed upon by many people in our world but in dune it looks like it's quite the famous line from their version of the bible the oc bible and Chani, the, OG. the og bible <laughs> honestly <laughs> imagine our bible was derived from the o- oc bible <laughs> yeah you
0: mean do, are, the oc bible is derived from the og
1: bible oh yeah. okay. <laughs> what would yeah. that be the orange orange catholic bible <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> so charlie even brings up the fremen version of the quote which is "Gudichar char mantene it is written in the Shah Nama that water was the first of all things created.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really
1: don't know how to say that first part.
0: Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> know. De I don't know. But yeah. somehow these two quotes bring a sense of foreboding to Jessica. So the one Shani says and the one Paul says. And I mean, hopefully soon we can see why she's so bothered. I'm really interested.
2: Yeah, this is like really... Uh, the suspense is kind of uncalled for to be honest. Like, yeah. like what could happen? Mm-hmm. To be honest, like, he just defeated his his enemy, you know, all he has to do is accept James's water and whether he wants to or not, it's kind of obvious that he has to in order to preserve the current position in the yeah. tribe. Just like, in a way, this book is about Paul and Jessica losing more of the humanity over time. And like, we're seeing Paul struggling over the simplest things. Like, he just needs to give it up, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, like, they've shown they're kind of okay with compromising on some areas because like, they're not total saints. So like, I don't know. Just drink his water, guys. That's part of the job.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I mean, yeah, there is a lot of random. I wouldn't say random. Of course, everything Herbert does is, you know, uh, is like on purpose. But there's a lot of times where where he drops these kind of really vague hints on on uh, suspense and foreboding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, suddenly I feel queasy or suddenly I feel u- unsettled or something. Right. And then mm-hmm. it feels. Yeah, sometimes it's a little bit awkward. Um, I feel like. Well, awkward uh, no, maybe as uh yeah, from from a standpoint, like, yeah, I, I'm i kind of on the edge of, like, on the border of something for suspense, but I don't really know what, so it feels a little bit weird.
2: Yeah. as like the audience who isn't about to drink James's water, I feel less uh, emotional connection to why Paul is feeling the way that he is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I I would understand if I was having to drink his water, I'm just not, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> mm-hmm. The, yeah <laughs> if i if i was in that position i would think differently too yeah but i wanted to also highlight another like cool quote here uh the quote you know is about the sunset while it's normally beautiful it's also described as near terrifying and it goes the violent calamity of colors spilled over the sky and it just brings shivers to the mm-hmm. spine i feel like yeah. violent calamity and i mean i can just imagine all of these aggressive like, purple and orange and red, dark yeah. red hues. And I feel like it's a perfect movie scene, to be honest. Is is this in the movie, by any chance?
1: I don't believe so.
0: Oh, uh, did, did the movie uh, end here already? It,
1: it ended, like, a long time ago. Actually, like, they, they changed the order of the Jameis fight.
0: Oh, no! shoot. Oh.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where did so the movie actually
0: the world, end, yeah.
1: then? Uh, They were heading to the cave.
0: Ah, oh, and that's oh, okay. okay. So, so they
2: had it before. Oh, that's crazy. Ooh,
0: well, dang. Well, you know oh, when no. is Dune Part Two comes out in what two years? You know we're waiting on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll anyway. be roasting them.
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm so excited for the movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's wow. actually
1: pretty good. I won't. Yeah, watch. I
0: I love cine- cinematography. So yeah,
1: me too. It's just different on screen. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I find it interesting that they refer to Janus's weapon as being killed and that he was called by him and by him they mean the shai halud
0: uh-huh.
1: and if you guys forgot what shai halud means they're referring to the sandworms okay so that may not have made sense to, so to give exact context stilgar says jamis has been called by him by shai halud who has ordained the phases for the moons that daily wane and in the end appear as bent and withered twigs
2: mm-hmm. so
1: when he says this i'm thinking that he's talking about the circle of life because they're talking about the daily wane and at the end they appeared as bent and withered twigs so everything starts off fresh and then becomes more withered right yeah but honestly when someone is killed by someone else i don't think of it as a circle i think of it more as like a flat line mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> instead of a circle it just doesn't make sense to me
0: uh-huh.
1: and also when they talk about his weapon i'm guessing that his weapon has been shattered as a sign of him being defeated what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, so I came to a similar conclusion as you for the weapon part um, because I thought it was weird that they referred to his weapon as being killed, right? So who kills a weapon mm-hmm. instead of a man? But there's probably some form of spiritual significance that when one dies, their Chris Knife must die alongside them. And, yeah. um, I mean, it's partly because they hold the worms in such reverence that it's, it's likely that there's some religious ritual tied to the worms. But it also makes sense since later it says that Jamis's Chris Knife is bladeless when it's on the the, the mound, right, Of with all of his with all of his possessions. And I mean, it's really interesting that this ritual, you know, Jessica mentions that they're trying to placate the shade of Jamis. And do they really believe in ghosts now? I and mean, it's like this whole ceremony to send Jamis to the afterlife, almost like some mythology, you know, some Greek or Egyptian mythology. They have this whole ceremony and, yeah. you know, have to send him off like his spirit. And it's, it's really interesting. Honestly, they're really far into this, I think religious rabbit hole.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them because, to me, it just seems like there's some massive indigenous religious lore that must have gotten mixed up with the religion, the missionary protetiva. I feel like this whole, like, returning them to the sandworms is much older than what the missionary protetiva had, especially since, like, Chani in the beginning pulls Jessica back, calling her Sayadina, but instead she tells them that they must sit apart from the ceremony. So maybe in the Fremen world, Shai Halud, or whatever, like, known as the maker, provides life on Arrakis. And then their teeth, or well, the night represents like their way of survival on the rackets. And once the fremen dies, the person is returned to the maker, or well, like to their afterlife, right? Or well, like mm. the sort of idea of paradise. But also at the same time, their chris night which provided their way of survival, is shattered and like returned to what like Stiegler said was a funeral plane. So yeah, that's just like I oh. guess ending things like how it happened. You know, like it provides life and it takes away life, and you know? now must go back.
0: Ah, oh, the hulud giveth, the Hulud taketh. I see. Yeah. yeah. Wow, really, really interesting. I mean, it's really interesting that they treat so many different things as religious symbols. I mean, the Sayadina and the Kwisatz Hadarak, Well, I mean, they call it the Muad'Dib. Not even they don't call it the Muad'Dib, yeah. but like, we know them as the Muad'Dib. And also, you know, the shai Hulud, right? So Wait,
1: they call them the al al right. That's that's
0: what I was missing. Yeah.
1: That's so interesting. Like they they put the makers or the shai Hulud in such a high position. And then, yeah, you know, a couple of chapters ago, Jessica saw them using one of the worms as, like, a yeah, traveling. As a r- a r- right. Traveling. Yeah, with the, the maker
0: hooks and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they have definitely have some super innate relationship with the sandworms, you know. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Maybe it's, like, Native Americans and bison. Which, like, I'm sure there was, like they oh, looked up yeah. to the bison and like like mm-hmm. they killed the bison still but they still like worship them it, they they never wasted
0: it you know they the skin oh. was made for tents and stuff and the meat of course was eaten and they ground down the bones for like arrows and and all yeah. of that stuff you know so they they didn't waste anything in in the bison uh so it That's might something f- maybe it's
2: that type of relationship
0: i mean not that not that the fremen have the ability to kill the sandworms but
1: I don't know anybody yeah.
0: that Count can't kill the same worm. Yeah, I mean, probably you have to drop an atomic on it. <laughs> Even <Yeah. laughs> <And> then, <laughs> it might not people. be enough. Yeah, <laughs> I might just duck. just like yeah, yeah, all that for a drop of blood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder how long the worms live too.
0: Yeah, probably oh, yeah. you know, very long time. Yeah, yeah, millennia. I would say. Dang,
1: so they're basically immortal. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, for humans. Yeah. So we get to see Jamis's belongings when he was still alive and some of them are quite interesting. And the list of it goes the pale glistening gray of a still suit, a battered liturgen a kerchief with a small book in its center, the bladeless handle of a kris knife, an empty sheet, a folded pack, a paracumpass, a dish trance, a thumper, a pile of fist sized metallic hooks, an assortment of what looks like small rocks within a fold of cloth. A clump of bundled feathers and the ballaset exposed beside the folded pack. Mm-hmm.
2: No, not the ballaset.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. For those wondering what a distrans and a ballaset is, a distrans is technology by which information could be implanted in animals for storage and retrieval. And this was talked about in an earlier chapter, which you guys should go check out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And a ballaset is an instrument similar to a guitar, I think. Uh, the one played by yeah, Gurney loot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my main question is, I wonder what the rocks are for.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not really clear what the rocks and the book are. Uh, The rocks maybe are some form of weapons. And Stilgar mentioned that, you know, these are for the guards. Maybe the book is a bible or some form i mean that's total speculation yeah yeah but...
2: well i mean another way of thinking about it was maybe the rocks are for like they're like charms or like wars against like evil because they did say the woman and the guards like you know like the guards they like they guard the place and the woman for like the homes i don't know that's just another theory
0: mm-hmm. uh, I but guess, i just, yeah, just yeah. want
2: to point out that, like nothing in this entire family society is wasted and just the dead is remembered differently than how we remember the dead just like their continued support of their living is how they get remembered. To the Fremen, like the dead are kind of literally watching over them and protecting them because like they're using the themes that they left behind and they probably have a different sentiment regarding these things. as even though they aren't in their best shape, like they like the pale gray steel suit, they aren't viewed as junk simply due to like their still usefulness of each item and the emotional value that it has connected to the dead comrade, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think like, Maybe this is how our world should be. Like we don't waste everything, to be honest. But like at the same time, the consumerism culture, like we just have so much, you know. Like yeah. not everyone needs our stuff, and we just have a lot yeah. of junk. It's just like kind of sad. But, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think someone needs a random piece of plastic sitting on my table right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the random, you know, broken part of my keyboard right I don't, I don't think anyone needs that. Uh-huh. So I mean, there's yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Consumers. I mean, people
1: do say another man's trash is another man's trash. Yeah, that's yeah. not always the truth uh-huh. always the cake so like, that's like one person out of like everyone else yeah. <laughs> yeah. one out of a million yeah i mean
0: i'm I'm sure people would like that some people in parts of the world would like to have plastic but not not
1: yeah not that type not of plastic
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so it's interesting that herbert reminds us of gurney when mentioning this ball set so um <laughs> i just had to notice that there's a lot of parallels between javis and gurney both of them were fighters and skilled in the art of the mm-hmm. blade, but they were also minstrels and musicians. So there's a lot of, you know, there's two sides at least to both of them. This brutal, yeah. um, you know, no holding back side and also this artistic and, and you know, beautiful side. And we really didn't get to see the other side of Jamis, which is, you know, I, why I agree with Paul when he says that he wishes to, you know, he got to know him better right, as a person. Mm-hmm. I just I thought that was
2: really. Jamis yeah, we needed so such... you... <laughs> we needed
0: Jamis, you know, reciting OC Bible quotes like Halleck. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. We need a rap battle between Gurney and Jamis.
0: Ooh, I still think Gurney would win just because Jamis hasn't proved himself. Well, he yeah, and
1: yeah. Gurney has experience. Yeah, Gurney's read one book I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably, I mean, who has time to read books in the desert, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so another thing is that there's some weird, ominous things that Paul's thinking of, again, due to his uncertainty factor um, in his gift, which is really interesting still. And he believes that this balacet symbolizes that he, Paul, will somehow either bring Gurney back to life or destroy him. So those are really polar opposites. And, I mean, let's see which way it goes. It's really interesting.
2: I mean... Yeah, but like after our theory that like the visions are kind of just calculations of what he currently knows like based on variables that he assesses in the moment. I also don't know how much weight Paul should be putting on these visions, but like his worrying is just like showing the mental strain that it's causing on Paul. to Think about like how any slight tiny action of his might be the difference, like saving a person's life or like them dying, right? So in a way, if you believe in a butterfly effect, which I'm not sure if I do personally, like a whole chaos theory thing, like all of us are creating and destroying lives around the globe but the difference is that paul because he's able to calculate it and like he's able to kind of tie the blame back to himself you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like yeah I feel, ignorance I feel like it's, it a, it's a
0: problem bad. with with such extensive future seeing you know let's say you see in the future yeah. some some child die but you can't do anything about it you'd still blame yourself right i feel yeah, like yeah you just even though you know you didn't have a choice it just you know in one out of seven million futures you saw this child die, and eventually this child actually dies and you know you know you could have prevented it even though you know you really couldn't have but you feel like you could have and then that that would really take a toll on you like health mental health Mm -hmm. wise so that's the thing about I remember reading a book about how there was this girl with this ability to see each person's death date on their forehead Oh uh, dude, there's like really a movie like that. Oh really? Um there's like like an
2: anime I'm pretty sure. Oh <laughs> well 19. there's the there's the anime for everything. <laughs> but oh, That's but
0: true. I mean I just thought that, you know, it kinda of is a similar effect, yeah. Um mm-hmm. so I mean there was a lot of times when people would hire her and and you know, try to check their death day and really try to change it and sometimes the death day would be really close <laughs> yeah. in the future and no matter how they tried to avoid it, you know, they they couldn't and this girl felt really bad and felt like she you know she was blaming herself right but, yeah but you know again she she couldn't really do anything about it
2: yeah, yeah. so that's the thing, also, the... thing. Mm-hmm. yeah and here we get to see something of Jamis's that wasn't on the table the marker for Jamis's coffee service i'm just like what <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i was thinking like i don't really know how that looks like but i'm guessing it's used to make coffee and i know that since water is super rare on rakus that means their coffee is probably even rarer because you, like they did mention those things like spiced coffee and, like, even a Duke drink it. So, it's a rarity and it's luxurious. But, like, does it symbolize Jameis's wealth, man? Because, like, it's interesting to see like, the hierarchy in this whole ceremony of, like, guard, like, leaders right, you know? And then now he's mm-hmm. giving the Jameis's wealth or whatever to Paul. And I'm just wondering, like, how many, like, people has he, like, how many ceremonies has he conducted to get good at this? And how much continuity does the ceremony have over like his predecessor like leader and now like him as a ch leader you know like i just don't know i mean i'm well, sure
0: each ceremony is slightly different there's definitely no i don't feel like there is a rehearsed right just reading off of the dialogue that well the monologue yeah, like, that that um stillgar has um but yeah i think overall it's rather standardized and he's definitely done a lot you know the fremen definitely lose a lot of lives in mean, desert desert i mean um, even culture. if it's not
1: him doing he's Probably witnessed oh, and witnessed it a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is death and death. Yeah, I feel like that's just you know, it's just a overall theme in the desert. You can't avoid right. it. Yeah, so I mean, might as well get used to delivering the ceremony because to...
1: <laughs> that sounds so terrible. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's
0: just how that's just how it is. Again, you know, the Fremen have to adapt and yeah, yeah. So just you know, do do the water rights and and move move onwards. Yeah.
1: Okay. So now we get to my quote which I will repeat once again, the meeting between ignorance and knowledge, between brutality and culture, it begins in the dignity with which we treat our dead. And this quote is thought by Jessica to see if Paul understands this as well. So to explain my quote, it's basically saying the way you treat your dead is kind of like the difference between ignorance and knowledge. So if the, if Paul is able to act correctly during Jamis's funeral, then... He will show his knowledge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that in many religions, death is a major part yeah. that different religions have different ways of addressing it, such as heaven or hell, paradise versus eternal damnation. The list mm-hmm. goes on and on. Yeah. And so this moment will be a crucial moment for Paul to see if he understands how to deal with death in Fremen society, especially when he caused himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, death. I mean, this is a really great quote. I remember, you know, reading that us humans since We're technically all animals. We can smell the dead somehow unconsciously or consciously, even though, you know, all of us don't recognize the smell of death. Thankfully, I haven't smelled death, right? But (laughs) Ah, apparently really triggers the alarm bells in your brain, because if other humans have died around here, your brain's telling you, you know, flee, get out of here. You don't want to be here, right? So death is the ultimate test, I feel like, to see whether you can give in to your animalistic culture or, um, or instincts, I should say. Or uh, you retain uh, some self control, yeah.
2: Yeah. So actually, I have seen death, and oh. someone did die in front of me. So death—it uh. definitely does have a smell. Like, like just like even like a dying person, like they start smelling differently, uh. and then like you just Ooh. know, like uh, yeah, it, uh, no, that's like, a, enough? Yeah. Yeah, that's a like story for off air. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Like, yeah. You can just smell it, you know. You can just tell. Oh, but right, like true. I do loved kind of like the differentiation between what is humane and inhumane in this book because i agree that like the way that we treat our dead but also like the living is what really differentiates the people from salvage savages Because like the way that we understand what it means to have lived and what it means to have died if we didn't know the importance of life and then we're just like no different than animals that mm-hmm. like aimlessly walk through living life daily like simply for pleasure you know i think that really ties back also what we we're talking about earlier about like um just like the ceremony is the same, but also like not the same because it's valuing each person differently and at the same time like you gotta have a bit of differentiation to show your respect for each person. So I think it's just right. like a beauty, but like it's the same but also not the same.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I really like how you describe that. Yeah, I mean it's just I mean, to differentiate us from animals who just go day to day looking for survival and you know kind of pleasure but also more of it's just about survival right and then
2: right
1: just like the instinct
0: Mm -hmm. yeah just following that rather than you know doing things differing from the norm right that's yeah just
1: blindly following their instincts Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so we get introduced to a new animal name which is garbarg and they travel in packs as well and when i heard this i thought about which animals travel in packs and i was wondering if they were they could be similar to like a desert hyena or i don't know if hyenas live in the desert i guess africa is a lot of its desert
2: I, uh, I maybe know. prairies i, a... I think
1: mm-hmm. they live in prairies mm-hmm. or yeah, they could be some. Man. yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. as you can see we're not environmental scientists <laughs> we're not <laughs> yeah. like herbert yeah we haven't taken ap environmental science indeed yeah yeah honestly yeah <laughs> herbert caught us slacking
1: uh, yeah uh,
0: yeah but that's a yeah, really interesting garvard
1: um, well, I mean, they could also be some sort of desert wolves because I know wolves, they travel in packs yeah. and I did some research and they actually do kind of like, mm-hmm. I think they howl where one of their comrades died. Yeah, they do. I mean, they the don't word... know the exact reason why they did that, why they do that. Though. Yeah,
0: just the word Garvarg reminds me of wolf for some reason. I don't know.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I don't know yeah. why, but and also I just noticed how Garvarg is almost a palindrome, <laughs> almost because if oh, you reverse yeah, right. the RNA. I you we'd get a palindrome. Gravarg. Gravarg. <laughs> but,
2: oh, yeah, that was the thing I was thinking about. I was like, wait a second. This oh. person's familiar. I was like, wait. Uh, was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's just my mouth brain talking anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's... I mean, I did some research in Garvarg. I couldn't find anything on it.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So, so if you guys
1: do know what sure. they are, feel free to contact us. Definitely. Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> Anytime. That concept art below. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, now that we're kind of in the middle of this, you know, really quiet and, you know, sad ceremony, it seems like Jamis was a good guy, right? He shared water. He drew enemies away so their wounded could be saved. And he probably did a lot of other good things. And though he made a poor choice in challenging Paul, um, overall, I think he was a good man. And I can respect that because it makes it harder on Paul to hear all this probably, especially in this solemn atmosphere and the fact that he just came out of this fight, right? Since he's realizing that he killed an honorable Fremen. And um, yeah, so it must be, you know, even harder on him.
2: Actually thinking about what, like the stuff that just said, like how he shared water to enemies away so that Unde could be saved and just like other stuff. To me, it just seems like, objectively like james did all the wrong choices because like objectively the fremen should ditch like people like they can't carry anymore like they who aren't have water but james like defied those odds and made it happen mm-hmm. so i think like that's kind of like what makes him human in my eyes but at the same time it's also like what makes like kind of why he died i guess it's i don't know and, like, it's one of those things that like his challenging of the of the norm or like what should have happened is just like what led him into this scenario of challenging paul but at the same time i really like the fact that this funeral or like the ceremony isn't about like like being sad right it's about remembering james for what he's done in this life and mm-hmm. i think it's super important to focus on like a person's positives rather than their negatives because biologically we actually are more hung up over a person's negatives because we don't want to ever repeat it with the same person again you know we want to like avoid it forever mm-hmm. so in this manner no matter how much of like a douchebag or whatever the person was at least they have like they're left off their life on some like alright note, as so like some positives that they're remembered by.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. So he, I mean, he ended, even though you know he ended in in a knife fight and. And you know, with a with the yeah, incorrect challenge, outside. and and with he ended as a doubter, but in the end, you know, he was kind of redeemed. Yeah, so that's really even good. even
1: though it was kind of an unnecessary death, mm-hmm. at least yeah. for him. But yeah, but I yeah. mean,
0: I feel like maybe it was necessary for the plot because now yeah the for Fremen, the plot definitely the Fremen must be convinced now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, now we get to my quote, which was like by Jessica. I was a friend of Jamis, she said. When the spirit of spirits within him saw the need of truth, that spirit withdrew and spared my son. So I chose this my episode quote because to me, it's really surprising that Jessica firstly stepped into the circle and said this because Chani pulled her away from this in the very beginning, told her to stay out of it. But secondly, because this is super honest from Jessica. It's like one of those things that like if you're too honest, it might come off as kind of insensitive. But the mm-hmm. Fremen kind of value honesty in the scenarios and yeah. I don't know. Not to mention, like, James's death is also crucial to Jessica and Paul's confirmation among the Fremen about, like, their status. You know, like, it really elevated their status as, like, the fulfillers of the prophecy. Yeah, like the Sayadina and, like, the Muad'Dib and stuff. So now there's, like, cemented within the tribe without, like, a seed of doubt. So, in a way, like, Jessica has a right to be thankful. But at the same time, it's also, like, you did, like, it's because of you that he died. But at the same time, it's also, like, James's fault. So, it's mm. one of those things, like, it's a did not like to walk
0: yeah. yeah okay yeah i mean yeah so yeah that's just really interesting to be honest i think like
1: yeah well so going off your quote of being a friend of jamis not only is jessica saying literally everybody is saying that they were a friend of jamis mm-hmm. even well yeah like like i said your mother his mother did as well and, but, <laughs> but i don't understand how paul is supposed to say that after killing him it's it's not as if Jamis asked Paul to kill him to end his suffering either. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The situation is just so awkward, and I feel kind of bad for Paul, but of course, he somehow manages to do the right thing. Right,
0: yeah. So this leads into my yeah. quote for the week, and Paul says, You know, I was a friend of Jamis. Jamis taught me that when you kill, you pay for it. And I wish I'd known Jamis better. So even with this choking up that Herbert writes with his ellipses, you know, he uses three ellipses. Mm-hmm. So you can just imagine Paul's voice kind of breaking and. And it's really potent, and he still manages to be eloquent, which is so, you know, great for him. Because I remember while I was reading this, I was trying to think my way out of the situation, just as Paul was trying to think his way out of the situation. I was trying to think for him and see what I could come up with in the same, you know, span of time as he has uh, to to see, you know, what I should say in the situation. And but I mean, I really couldn't come up with anything that was reasonable, right? I couldn't just say, oh, I was a I was a friend of Jamis, even though I didn't really know him, even though I just stuck my knife in him, right? So I, just, <laughs> so, I mean, props to him for feeling the entire tribe's ritualistic and this eager pressure and being able to not offend anyone and accomplish his task at the same time is really impressive and it highlights his maturity and his ability to reflect on lessons learned right especially his quote because mm-hmm. he learned that killing doesn't come without a price especially mentally yeah. and spiritually I think um, it really takes a toll on your mental health to take someone's life and For sure. you know humans are trained I think I read somewhere not to do that I think I read somewhere if you, you know if you meet you know God forbid like a, a murder or something on the street um, you know you, you should you know th- you, you have to assume that they don't want to kill you right I mean, I don't take my advice for that, but that's just kind of human <laughs> psychology wise, they don't want to kill you as like normal people, right? So Yeah, I mean unless yeah. they're a psychopath. Oh well that that's kinda of different. Yeah. Different. <laughs> yeah. So Paul will be more aware of this feeling of killing, you know, when he's forced to take more lives. He won't, you know, be squandering lives unnecessarily, right? He'll he'll remember mm-hmm. this experience for the rest of his life. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You remember that part in Aragon when he, he gets able to where he's able to take out waves of people with just his mind uh-huh and then he, he's I, like able to feel them like going into the void and oh whatnot. no that was
0: the, the the animals right he was drawing energy from the ants in book two yeah
1: no, no it was not only the animals it was also oh. for like the soldiers that he killed as well oh really oh, no, because
0: them. i just remember most of the most of the umpire soldiers were all yeah. worded you know so they didn't really
1: no but like in the early stages when they oh, weren't i think he was able to do that I see yeah i mean that's I, I,
0: yeah you can imagine just you know that's yeah yeah I, mean,
1: I think he started throwing up at some point i can't remember
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's pretty terrible yeah and it, paul it to really show terrible. this begins to shed some tears and this is shocking to the friend because giving moisture to the dead is beyond a doubt sacred
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean they value water so highly it's uh, I don't think they value anything higher, right? Well, any physical material substance, right? And yeah, essentially, life is higher for them, you know, and that. and for in general, water is the light, life's, you know, water spawns life, right? So Paul is willing to gift tears to a dead man who doesn't have life. You know, Paul is still willing to infuse some of his own life, right? And the tribe kind of must respect this because he's true to his words and he doesn't want to kill Jamis or usurp usurp i don't know Stilgar, he just wants to stay alive right Right. and it's clear that there's newfound respect um for paul because the tribe gives him some space and you know they were crowding him um and now they give him some space to recover himself but uh, they feel at his face a little for the gift which is (laughs) kind of weird i felt his gift you know yeah so it's like, just so no, <laughs> okay you, just you can misinterpret multiple people
1: that going at his face Yeah, it's so awkward
0: yeah, you can misinterpret wow. that so many different ways yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyways hey yo
2: <laughs> no. okay so like I'm gonna be honest I was like the only religious person on this podcast the pressure really is intense especially in a religious setting there's nothing quite like societal pressure among like a group of people like gathered for a specific purpose you know what I mean and, like, the same, like, we kind of sometimes shame peer pressure, but there's also, like, good sides of peer pressure, too. It's like, these moments, especially during the holiday season, like, everyone's supposed to, like, they are expected to give thanks for something or, like, give a testimony, you know, in front of others. I think, like, yeah, like, it's kind of, like, bad to, like, make someone do it out of just peer pressure. But I've also heard some pretty wonderful, like, testimonies because someone, like, eventually, like, especially near the end of the, like, service, decides that they want to share with the rest of the congregation what like god's done for them in their lives Uh, oh yeah they could just remain silent of course but they couldn't have lived with themselves if they hadn't done Mm, it like a confessionary yeah cool yeah i think it's just like there's some good aspects to it and this time it's just like paul is just like giving his tearful testament and i'm just really glad that it was taken a positive light by the fremen because Yeah. yeah like it's objectively sad like wrong to shed tears but it's just I'm just happy that it's not solely this moment by like those who viewed it in a negative light and like they could all feel the weight of Paul's emotions through his mm-hmm. tears.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it's so heavy this moment, it's so solemn and and you know, it's the Fremen are awed, you know, they wouldn't ever have imagined that this Usul person who, you know, is so strong and there he's come to save them, you know, he would shed tears for, for Jamis's enemy, essentially a few hours yeah. ago right so yeah. i mean it's it's he has a heart you know he's not heartless and it's, it's so it's so good to see him you know being able to 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 uh, display that in a in a genuine way mm-hmm. yeah
1: well i hope those who held Jamis's death against paul i mean I know they're not supposed to, but yeah. I'm sure some of them still did. Yeah. I mean, especially
0: but, maybe his close friends and stuff. You right, know, this right. new this newcomer just comes in and kills one of the, the oldest members. Well not the oldest, but you know, one, of, one the, of the more experienced members in the tribe. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I hope
1: they found it in their hearts to forgive him, especially yeah. after this show of emotion. Yeah.
0: Honestly though, if anyone knows it it's the Fremen. They they don't have the time to hold grudges. <laughs>
1: yeah, so. yeah. They gotta move on
2: quickly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, so we have this chant here um, at the, well, not at the conclusion of the ceremony, but after the gifting, and so I'll do my best to to chant it, or <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how I'll approach this, but let's see. Full moon calls thee, shy hulud shalt thou see, red the night, dusky sky, bloody death didst thou die. We pray to a moon, she is round, luck with us will then abound, what we seek for shall be found in the land of solid ground wow it's a really so the rhyme i lot, like it yeah
2: yeah uh-huh. it's really good i like the just how it flows together mm-hmm. better than what i could write you know yeah that well oh no <laughs> uh,
0: no <laughs> we're about to start poetry and literature class and i oh, no. i you know the teacher asked us oh aren't you guys so excited and i don't think anybody oh. responded
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just uh, crickets <laughs> okay but let's try to analyze this uh, this chant oh, for a please. bit yeah. so let's go line by line or about line by line so full moon cost thee i'm just thinking that like the way that the fremen live is kind of like by the night because they can't actually go out during the daytime because it's too hot a lot of mm-hmm. them travel by night and in the darkness because it conserves the most water and shai hello shouts thou see so it's like they're returning to the maker and like in the way the maker is like the creator creator of like their i don't know their way of life right they live By the creator they fight with the creator using the chris knife and then they eventually return them to creator they die by the creator (laughs) i don't want to say they die by a sandworm but sometimes they probably do but not this time but yeah Mm -hmm. so red the night dusky sky i'm guessing like this is kind of leads into the next verse about like how like they're gonna die like in the blood bath i'm like bloody death, this thou die it must be like the whole Valhalla type of thing, where like you must die in battle to be honored. Oh you know? yeah, like, yeah.
0: Oh, and then my my reading <laughs> of Magnus <laughs> Chase totally skewed that. <laughs> yeah. No, no recommendation. Really
1: died too valiantly. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't even
0: finish. I just read yeah. the first book and I was done.
1: Yeah. I think oh. I finished. Oh really? I, I, I barely remember too. it though. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's
0: worth remembering. <laughs>
1: yeah it kind of fell off a bit I won't yeah mind. he just went it for
0: it yeah he was just milking the money
1: yeah <laughs> isn't there like a
2: new book by rick Riordan? the trials of apollo i stopped oh. reading after a certain point yeah uh, i don't wait but... it just came out
1: yeah oh wait no a new uh, new
2: one yeah, like a new, like two guys looking at each like, other. My friend put the story on. Hey yo, what? It's not a story. Hey, what? <laughs> two guys. <laughs> what saying? is that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, now you'll need to tell us. The, you'll need to
0: tell us all about it off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah I,
2: I'll find a, I'll find a book cover. and I'll send it to you on the Discord. Okay. All right. Epic, epic.
1: <laughs> but please do. Back, back to this. Wait,
2: thing. what? Um, oh, back to this. We prayed to a moon. She is round. Um, I don't think it's referring to like her shape. But at the same time, I think just, like, the full moon really symbolizes a lot in culture's past. Sometimes for, like, the people, like the good people, a full moon symbolizes, like, a good time to travel. Like, it's good because you can see in the nighttime. But at the same time, it's also, like, bad for evil people because then they could be seen by people, which is a bad thing. But in this case, it's a good thing that they're praying to a full moon because they could make their life easier. Like, luck with us Then will then abound, so they find it good. Mm -hmm. And what we seek for shall be found in the land of solid ground in this case i was thinking like what solid ground means to them and what i thought was that like iraq is currently is full of sand and in a way they're just thinking that they must like their dream of terraforming iraq is like what makes solid dirt is just like vegetation dead stuff like that's what dirt is made of so maybe their goal is to like this. their paradise includes this dream you know like what we seek for like this is the paradise that we seek and like that's what we want working
1: towards you know yeah solid ground is created by I think plants—they're holding the soil organic together. Matter, yeah. uh, like organic matter, yeah. But like a tree holds. Yeah, them. and
0: especially you know, sand is not solid. So right? right, right. They're, yeah, they're just slipping. I think that's more, yeah, more direct too, and yeah, wow, great, yeah, cool. I mean,
2: that's my analysis. Yeah. It's kind of scuffed, but... No, I, I
0: mean, think it was it's pretty good. I think, I think it's really good. Mind. Um, yeah, it's it's a really complicated poem, I think, and well, not even well, a chant, I su- suppose, but. Yeah, yeah, i mean it just shows you how this goal you know Kynes has really infused his own perspectives into this fremen culture i feel like and um <laughs> yeah. they, they're even chanting it at death rituals now you know we'll he we'll really find we'll find salvation when
1: you know there's no more sand right so yeah pretty poetic
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay so we end this week's episode by getting a detailed account of how much water jam is held in his body which is <laughs> 33 like liters <laughs> <laughs> so it's 33 liters and seven and 33 wait no sorry seven and three thirty seconds drachms of the tribe's water Ooh, i think I, yeah yeah it was pretty confusing. drachma yeah.
0: I, I i just thought drachma you know because it's like the greek coin but it's not actually yeah, drachma, yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: So I'm assuming most of you don't know what a drachm is, yeah. and I think that's how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. and I was the same until today. So a drachm is a unit of weight formerly used by apothecary, apothecaries, I think that's how you pronounce apothecaries? it. Apothecaries? Apothecaries? Yeah, dude, apothecaries? Dude, these are so hard to pronounce. <laughs> there's so many long that. words, there's like 15 <laughs> yeah. letters apiece, yeah,
0: no, no blame. Put in ideas. my head, I would
1: just read it, and I would just read it a certain way and not care, but then... Yeah. Yeah. but so it's equivalent to 60 grains or one eighth of an ounce so for those in the metric system it's around 3.7 milliliters uh-huh Ooh,
0: okay. okay Three point seven 3.7 million i see yeah well i mean i'm pretty familiar with milliliters now because we keep doing milliliters in kevin bio class um. so yeah, but, I mean, in the next episode, we'll get to see exactly how they keep count of these 3.7 milliliter kind of sure. <laughs> yeah, kind of increments, right? But, however, I wanted to read Shani's little speech here, right? As there's a lot of interesting word sounds. And, again, I'll try to do this mm-hmm. justice. I don't know if I did the last poem justice, but I'll try to do this one. It's probably harder. Akari akairi, this is the water. Phyllis fallacy of Paul Buadib. Kivi akavi. never the more. Nakalas, nakalas. To be measured and counted, ukaran, by the heartbeats, jan 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 of our friend Jamis. So, I just wanted to notice, <clears throat> you know, how interesting this is. I just, it, it's really fun to read, honestly. If your listeners, I advise you mm-hmm. to find this passage and give it a try, you know. But it's how interesting how the word pairs sound so similar and have such similar spellings, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, kiwi akavi. It's just one letter difference, and you know, phyllis and fallacy. That's a little bit there's it's quite different spelling but you know it sounds really similar ekari akari again you know really different well not really different kind of different spelling but sounds really similar and you know it's really interesting jan 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 jamis right so (laughs) i don't know that's i mean i wonder what language this is do y'all think it's jacobsa
1: or most likely because it was a Fremen saying it right yeah it was uh, a chani
0: it was chani Chani, yeah Yeah.
2: i feel like but like I don't know if it's like fully Chekopsa because otherwise then wouldn't Paul understand because he's been understanding every other moment. I don't really
0: understand. Uh-huh. But yeah. like
2: when I read this, it kind of reminds me of how otherworldly this entire part, or like this entire moment is because it makes us experiencing so much more surreal and in a way like we aren't able to really say it correctly by the same time, we just aren't able to experience it to the full effect. It just leaves in a bit of awe as Jamis like bag is entrusted to Paul. Also, just like when you read it, it kind of reminds me of the Jabberwocky because I remember seventh grade we listened to the Jabberwocky and I was like confused in the beginning because I was, like it doesn't make any sense you know the words they're not real. And my teacher was like it doesn't matter that the words are not real you're supposed to feel the words. I was like what? I was like feel Whoa. the words. Uh,
0: yes. yeah now So like you're...
2: I tried to like let myself feel what Chani was saying because technically she makes no sense literally you know <laughs> yeah but, like. I guess if we just let that flow it feels better you know like yeah definitely gets the feeling
0: across. i wasn't paying attention really to what she said here it was, i was just kind of listening as i spoke and as yeah. i read it and trying to figure out what how how to deliver it properly and i think that's kind of the, mm-hmm. what herbert is going that's, for yeah it's it's more of a more important yeah it's, it's more of a wash of sound than anything i think and yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i think that's a really great way to to close off this chapter with such a I think this is the the coolest, you know, foreign language, well, not foreign, Dune, you know, universal language part quote mm-hmm. that we've read, maybe. Yeah, one of the cooler ones, definitely. No, I think so as well. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the cooler ones, yeah, so... Yeah, it's a really cool way um, to to end off this episode, but I believe that concludes the discussion for this episode of the Do Not Enter podcast. So make sure to read to the end of chapter 34 and dune in next time when we discuss it. As always, thanks to all of you listeners for being patient with us and being interested in our thoughts. Follow us on Instagram at do not enter, Reddit you slash do not enter, Twitter at do not enter, email us at d-u-n-e-n-o-t-e-n-t-e-r at gmail.com. That is do not enter at gmail.com. please contact us with questions feedback or or what yeah redacted. Oh, i think it's
1: my turn i think <laughs> redacted <Yeah. laughs> i or i dare say <laughs> censored
0: censored okay yeah censored. makes sense i mean it starts with the same letter close enough um yeah okay. uh, yeah but if we made any mistakes don't hesitate in letting us know especially you know pronunciation is so hard uh yeah and and yeah so Um, And we're not linguists, so we don't really have an idea what we're doing pronunciation-wise, so uh, please feel free to let us know and correct us any other place, too. Uh, Please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It only takes a few seconds of your time. Um, Just go and make an account, of course, and go to our podcast and click the five-star button, uh, because that's the only one that exists. And, you know, drop a nice comment or two if you liked it. And uh, this does two things. One, it helps us get our podcast up the charts and to a wider variety of listeners. But also on a personal note, it helps motivate us to keep creating content if we know that you guys are enjoying what we're putting out. Um, Otherwise, I think that's about it. So have a great week and we will see you all back very soon.
1: See you guys. Bye.